Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Standing in the rain with his head hung low. Couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold out show. Home on a Tuesday, Ben and Woods, 97.3, The Fan. Good morning to all of you. Thank you to uh, Sammy Spring Training, knocking it out of the park every single day. By the way, all of Sammy's appearances live from Padres Spring Training are presented by your San Diego County Toyota Dealers Association. We make it easy. That's exactly right, Benjamin. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, uh, joins us as well. Um, I completely just blanked on where I was going to go, and well, I had a I, direction. Let me finish with the right, Luis Campesano thought, thought before you because... lose your mind. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm ready. He's in a tough position, and I, I don't think anyone's really kind of spelled it out completely, but he is trying to establish himself as an everyday catcher. Yes. Toughest position to play in the big leagues as a young guy, and he's got a lot of promise. I mean, he... He would be the top-catching prospect on a lot of teams sure. in Major League Baseball and someone that fan bases would be extremely excited about. But that's pressure. That's pressure on him to perform, and the expectations are going to be higher this year now that you know veterans are gone, and it's his job, and he's got to do all this. But you've also got this this kid, kid right behind you that is waiting in, heels. waiting in the wings, and you know we saw the reporting yesterday on Ethan Salas. There are people in the Padres organization that think he could make his debut even this year in September, like as a September call up, and compete for an actual job next season. So Luis Camposano has got to be thinking in the quiet moments. I could go out and kill it this year. I could hit 280 with 25 home runs, you know, solid defensively behind the plate, be an all-star type catcher. And I still got this guy 
this kid, this all-world catching prospect, breathing down my neck already, and I haven't even started my career, basically, in Major League Baseball. That is a... That's, That's a goes, tough though, spot sometimes. to be in, yeah. I mean, I mean, who was the shortstop here before Fernando? Was it Freddie Galvis? He goes, yeah, I, I ain't playing shortstop here in a year or two, right? Like, I mean, you just got to read the room. You got to, you got to. I mean, I, there you cannot worry about who's who's you know breathing down your neck. You just can't. You got to keep looking forward. Um, and and the strides that he's made. Are, are so much more than off the field. I would love to get a chance to talk to him about what he's overcome to get there. Um, I know he had some anxiety issues that were pretty debilitating early in his career, and he's he's come out of those pretty admirably. Um, and and now you know is is going to be the guy. And look at the end of the day, I, and I think we should probably get into Kevin Acey's piece about. Ethan Salas, you know, he said he's going to start the season at Double A, and I look, I know nothing about when to bring a prospect up or when not to, and they always say the the, the kid tells you when he's ready. Um, I I it, it made me it kind of blew my hair back when they said he could get called up this year. It really did. I went, come on, really? There's no way. There's no way. I mean, there's always a way you could call him up. He could start opening day in Korea. He could. It's it's not in our hands. But it it kind of kind of blew my hair back a little bit when I when I heard that. So um, as far as Campy goes, man, just keep doing your job, keep doing doing what you're supposed to do. Junior in the chat says, "Wouldn't it be good to have more than one catcher?" Well, of course, you, depth at a position is incredibly valuable. But at some point, there there someone has to play. Someone has to be the primary catcher, and you can't just have. Camposano or Ethan Salas sitting as a back- backup while they could still be developing. Neither of them are going to be fully developed players by the end of this season. Campy, even though he's older, still has probably several years before he's really kind of at, at peak catching in baseball. And to do that, he's going to have to catch, you know, the majority of the games. Yeah, you want to have a good backup. I, I think the only way, if everything goes well for the Padres, and, and knock on wood, you know, so many things that could happen between now and then. But you could have a scenario where you have three catchers and, you know, Camposano can be more of a designated hitter at some point if he's really hitting great and still catches every once in a while. Salas could be your everyday catcher in a season or two. And you probably need a third catcher because if you're going to use your a catcher as a designated hitter, they can't necessarily be a backup because you don't want to lose your DH if they have to go into the game. Yeah, it'd be great if if both of them were world beaters. You know, that would be that's the dream. That's what you want. Cadillac problems, as we talk about all the time. But uh, yeah, as for now, I you know if you're Camposano, I don't I don't know that you need to be looking over your shoulder right now. No, and I don't know that you're necessarily you know pissy about somebody getting getting the publicity because he is he is is kind of a freak uh ethan salas watching some of his drills and stuff yesterday you watch him and go yeah he looks he looks right at home he looks right at home back there knows what he's doing is learning works hard uh by all accounts so i don't know how much you know panic campy needs to feel right now he's the man campy is the man he needs to know he's the man and i think he does i think he does he's going to get the the lion's share of the the reps if he plays well he, you know, catching is so valuable. So valuable. Even if he's not the man with the Padres forever, he'll be the man somewhere. No doubt. You know, that's the other. That's the other part of it. If Camposano's value is high enough, you will at some point consider putting him in a trade to address other needs and issues that the Padres <laughs> have. I don't. They're not there yet. They need him this year badly, and they might need him for a couple of more years. But he's affordable. 
He's still young. He'll be that way for a few more years. You know, that would be great to have that kind of problem where do we trade Campusano and make Salas our starter and we can get a huge haul for him or do we keep them both and have Campy DH a little bit and have Salas behind the plate? Luxury problems potentially in the future for the Padres. They're not there yet. No, they are not there yet. I can't wait to get to the, that day when we're arguing about who needs to be getting the bulk of the the time behind the dish. Is it Campy? Is it Salas? Is it someone else? Uh, but we are not quite there yet. We've got a long way to go, I think, till we get to that point. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I just, I'm not too worried about it right now. I expect big things from Campy this yeah, year. Something we, we don't really talk about a ton is that given pull that happens when you're want to be a good teammate you want we as fans want somebody like Luis Camposano to be a good teammate and mentor and and help out sure. and Ethan Salas but it's human nature to have it at least somewhere in the back of your mind going I don't want to help this kid too much. He's, Bro, kind of, he's kind of coming from my job. Like, you tell the story about your buddy who was in the minor leagues, and I don't remember who he was going up against, but he was a center fielder, and it was either him or yeah, well, the player that did get called out. The guy up. that used to train me was uh, a catcher for the Royals by the name of Tom Hill. Catcher, that's right. And uh, it was him or Salvador Perez. And that was it. And they, those are their two guys. Like, and how do you how do you balance that line of wanting to be a good teammate, I've help asked, them out? I've asked my guys that played in the minors and stuff before. I said, like... Like, you're playing with a guy, and you're on a team, and your ultimate goal is to go out and win baseball games. But when the guy that's in for you gets two knocks, steals two bags, (laughs) scores two runs, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you're excited. You're supposed to be excited because your team won, but you're also like, break your leg, break your leg, break your leg. You know what I mean? Like, it's human nature to be like, I want the call. You're sitting on the bench, and you notice something in his swing that's just a little off. Yeah. probably help him a ton. You're like... Yeah, somebody else will tell him. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the weird part of minor league sports because, you know, think about this guy here to my left. The envy, like if we were all in the minors together and I got called up, you would die. You would, abs- <laughs> you would die. You'd pack your bag and you would go home. There would be not one shred of you that was excited for me. Not one shred. Why did he it's get not called fair. It's true. It's true. I well, would, I thought I'd been playing pretty good. I would certainly be envious. That doesn't mean I didn't think you deserved it. It's There's a difference doesn't between move. bitter and envious. Oh, you don't think you're bitter? I don't think I'm bitter. I don't no. think you're bitter. I don't think I'm bitter. I'm way more bitter than you. I can definitely be envious. Right. You know, you want things. You want success. And, and by the way, Camposano is not a placeholder until no, he's not. He's, he should be better than that. You know, the, the prospect level that he's at, just what we've seen from him on the big league level already, tells me he's much more than just a placeholder. And I think there could be the perception when you see Salas and everyone talking him up so much that, oh, yeah, Campy, yeah, you can do a nice job for a year or two until Salas gets here, and then the real catcher arrives. Campy is very much the real he's catcher. very, very highly regarded yeah, don't as well. undersell Luis Campusano just because you're excited about Ethan Salas. And I wonder if Ethan Salas was part of the jump start that Campusano needed. You know, to to kind of get it together. You know, we'll see. We'll see how the results on the field uh, translate. But you know, I'd, I'd heard some stories about him in the minors just having the hardest time, just the hardest time of dealing with being a professional baseball player, which is not uncommon at all. Uh, you know, you throw in some some severe anxiety on top of that. Uh, that's tough, man. It's a tough tough life to live. And you do wonder, okay, now it's time for me to get it together, and I'm going to, and he has, and uh, I'm really rooting for that guy. Not that I'm not rooting for Ethan Salas, too. I think it's great. The better, the, the more you have, the better. But 
you can't say you wouldn't be mad if I got called up to the bigs. No, I would be envious. <laughs> no, you'd be mad. Not mad. Mad. Uh, not mad. Envious. There's you'd a. Be mad. I think there's he a difference. Would be mad. It's not mad. It's I want. I want what you have. I. I wish I had it, but I'm not mad that Save you that have clip. it. Save that. <laughs> <laughs> See, <coughs> oh, sorry. Like six months ago, when you lost all the weight. Was that six months ago-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Some guy in the chat was like, oh, Woods is mad that Ben lost weight. I go, I'm not. I'm elated for him. I was I was elated. For, and I never once went, did I ever come to you and go, all right, give me on the program? No, because I'm like, I have my own life to live. Right? It's not part of you, though. Not like, one. I wish I could drop that some not, weight, too. Not one. Because like, he's I, already gone through it. He went through the, the hard parts. <laughs> now he's through the no. other side. That's, I, that's a great place to be. No, because I know exactly how I need to do it, I just don't. I know exactly how to do it, but I just choose not to. You go to sdfatloss.com. That's, right. That's how you do uh, it. Mrs. Woods said she wants some information on SD Fat Loss, by the way. So I told her you'd hook her up. I can I can, I can, can do my best. Get her in the right place. Yeah. But she can find out more by going to sdfatloss.com. People in the chat are calling you Nancy Kerrigan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're misrepresenting me. I, I will admit... I will admit to enviousness, but it's I mean, not Tanya Harding, not Nancy Kerrigan. Tanya Harding. <laughs> Are you Nancy then? I guess give, I'm Nancy. Give me your best why. <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, I'm I'm Nancy, you're Tanya. You're like, oh, you're not going to the Olympics. Bang. It's true. Envy is different than mad. That's my point. Yeah, that's true. That's why? my point. <laughs> What's the promo code, Ben? SD Fat Loss. There's no promo code okay. right now. All right. Just uh, just go get your free consultation. Go online, check it out. If it, if it's for you, I'll try to make some I'll try to make some calls and, and see what we can do. Right. I mean, I would like to do that for every tier one out there. There's many who have signed up who have already lost the weight. I love when I get those messages from tier ones who say it's it's been working for me. I've dropped 30, 40 pounds already. Fantastic. Gabe in the chat says a pro doesn't get jealous. Part of the nature of sports is growth. The teammates Liar. want each other to be their best. Yeah, right. You would like to think that. You would like to you think would like that. to believe that. I just don't. That's it just you're we are hu- we are imperfect human beings. And if you're all slogging it out in the minor leagues, hey, and by the way, sometimes a guy gets called up and you're better than him. And you're playing better than him. You're performing better than him. You don't tell me that that guy's like, oh, congrats, bro. Nice. I promise you, as bad as Trent Grisham played last year at times, when he got, was it last year where he got benched? I mean, I don't know if Tatis moved over or Sugar was playing center. Trent Grisham was not rooting for that person to succeed. You're absolutely. If jealousness. Maybe in the the big leagues, it's a a little bit different. maybe. Because, well, you always want to be on the field. That's the difference in us and them. They want the ball hit to them. They want to be up in those pressure situations. But when you're in the big leagues and you're making some money and you're semi-established and you're going through a rough sure. slump, yeah, you don't want to see the guy go gangbusters and take your Wally Pip you forever. And you're part of a team. And you're trying. You're in a playoff race. You want to do what you can to help. But being a human and having human nature is you're going to be a little bit. This is this is part of the this is part of the business. I mean, when you go to spring training, there's the major league clubhouse. And then there's the minor league clubhouse right down the hall. And when you get the call up to go from the minor league, when you see what the big leaguers get. It's about 20 foot difference. It's not that far, but it's, oh, it's they're, a world away, they're trying to foster that though. And you can call it envy or jealousy. It's they're to try to inspire people. Like I, if I work harder, 
I can get what they have, and I am envious of what they have. If you use that to fuel yourself, it's a great emotion. If you use it and become bitter and go, I deserve this, I deserve that, and you just become sour and bitter about it, Obviously, it's a negative thing, and it's not going to help you. But, yeah, you don't think Major League Baseball teams use that? That's, there's a reason why Paulie said it's 20 feet away, and it's a world apart at That's the same right. time. Yep. And they can see it, but they can't really touch it Bro, they can until smell they it. get there. You can smell it. You can hear it. They you could can... easily have put it on the other side of the complex. You're like, what are they doing over there? I want to no, be a part of that. you got to walk right by no, walk every right single day. It. 100%. It's exactly right. No, it's a good good discussion. All right, we're going to get to our Tier 1 tour when we come back. Uh, We'll wrap up the NL East. Uh, The Washington Nationals are our final team, and we'll give you our uh, expected order of finish for the NL East as we continue our daily countdown team by team until opening day. Firing up the Tier 1 tour bus coming up next with Ben and Woods after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, they can't all be World Series contenders in our Tier 1 Tour. Welcome back to Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We are counting down daily until opening day, taking a look at each Major League Baseball team in turn. And today we are wrapping up our look at the NL East with the Washington Nationals, who finished in last place last season. And quite frankly, Woods have not done a ton this offseason. I think Joey Gallo's probably the the biggest signing that they've made in the offseason to add to their uh, their outfield. But they've um, they've not done a ton to, to make you think that they're ready to make a playoff run. Nick Senzel uh, is going to get a look with the Nats at third base as well. A, a, a long time, I, AJ Preller uh, had, had it's always been linked to Nick Senzel since I since we've been covering the team. It always seemed like he was going to be a Padre uh, in waiting. Uh, I do get the sense, Benny, that a couple of their moves are to which is not uncommon 
to see what they can do and maybe flip them at the deadline. Uh, they do have a decent little core of players, though, Ben. As you know, C.J. Abrams had a, had a had an okay year for them last year. He set the team record for most stolen bases in a season. He's going to have another year under his belt. He'll be the starting shortstop. They got some the guys that can play. Joey Manessis can play, and Lane Thomas had a breakout year last year. Really, really good outfielder for them. Uh, of course, got James Wood. Uh, he's going to be a guy that they got from the Padres that will be – Looking uh, out of spring training to make the team, potentially. Uh, but he's a player, man, and he's got a big, big stick, too. So we'll see what happens with them. They've got innings eater Patrick Corbin uh, but leading the, pi- the rotation. the pitching staff is definitely the weakness of this team. Yep. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, you know, they're hoping that he takes another step forward. But when you look at the, like, the fan graphs projected ERAs, their staff of Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Jake Irvin, Patrick Corbin, and Trevor Williams – most of them are projected around five ERAs for the season. McKenzie's the best at four two three, and then the bullpen they they only have one guy projected under a four ERA on their bullpen at uh, Hunter Harvey at three point seven three. That is that has got to be in the running for the weakest pitching staff top to bottom in Major League Baseball. This team is going to give up a lot of runs this year, a lot of runs this year, and they quite frankly. Don't have the offense to to compete, you know, to compete when they're going to be giving up as many runs as you would expect them to give up. Yeah, everyone's waiting for uh, Dylan Cruz to make his major league uh, baseball debut. He is an absolute stud, uh, starting pitcher for them. It's pr- he's probably a year away. Um, I think he was just drafted last year along with uh, Skeens for Pittsburgh. Those two guys. I mean, I, I can't wait to watch him throw. He's he's going to be great. So uh, the there was a blog about the. Uh, Washington Nationals, and it basically said, banking on 25, punting on 24. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, can they improve? They were like, they they played a little above their heads last year. We were talking about it before the show, and there was a time it was like, well, these guys are... These guys are putting it together. There's a, little a time bit. when they had like the a better record than the Padres, <laughs> right. like by a game or something, and That's going, right. yeah, they they got all their prospects, and now they got a better record than the Padres too. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, listen, as tough as it's probably been there, they do have their World Series championship that still uh, still flies. But think about the players that they've lost over the years. It is a staggering uh, a semblance of superstar players, and uh, you think about some of the bad luck they've run into as well. And uh, it's look. Like the, which is the case for a lot of teams. I think if you're a Nationals fan, you're like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll suffer through some bad baseball, but we got some good building blocks there. They do. Yeah, when people say, oh, the Padres are rebuilding, this is what a rebuild. This is more of a rebuild. Looks like Padres, I would say, are retooling. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between the two organizations. So I, you know, as we look at our projected standings, I think. I think it's pretty clear that the the Nationals are, are at the bottom of yep. the pack in that division. I had that as well. Um, yep. Does anyone think that anyone's going to take over the Braves as the best team in the no, in the I got East? them kind of running away with it. So yeah, it's kind of the the three spots in the middle then between the Phillies, the Marlins, and the Mets, and that was the order they finished in last season with the Marlins surprising everyone and picking up a playoff spot with the Mets disappointing with their huge payroll like the Padres last year and finishing under 500. Will that be the same order of finish this year or with the Marlins changing general managers and not, you know, making 
Any big moves here in the offseason? Will they take a step back this year and fall to fourth in the division? I, I, I honestly think uh, if you flip-flop Mets and Marlins, it's kind of where I have it. I, I think it's going to be a race for the bottom between the Marlins uh, and the Nats. I do. I think I think those two teams. But I, I have if I, if I got to write it down in stone, I got the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, the Marlins, the Nats. But I think the Marlins and Nats could duke it out for last place. It's it's interesting because I agree with you, and I think the Mets, even though they have like the Padres slashed payroll this offseason, they still have really good they players, got some good and players. they should probably be better than they were last season. I think it's the arms. Though. They they don't have a ton of arms, but like the Padres, I think the Padres will have a better record this season than they did last season, despite all the moves, and I think the Mets will as well. No one. No one says you're crazy when you say the Mets are going to be improved this year despite slashing payroll. But when you say it about the Padres, I think you get the side eye. Uh, I don't know if that's just because they're the Mets and people are yeah, more inclined if, to believe that they're going to be better. But but what have the Mets done that would would lead you to believe that you know what have, what have the Mets done historically that would lead nothing lead you to, really, right to nothing? But I, I'm telling you, there seems to be a different perception between the Mets. And the Padres, well, who are in very similar situations right very now. Very similar. We talked to Casey Stern last last week, and I said they're basically pa- on parallel lines right now. And and uh, and I think there are a lot of similarities between those teams. But I also don't see the Padres finishing second in the division either. So um, I think I think the Marlins are going to take a step back just because of the 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 personnel they lost. Sandy's going to be out for the whole year. Like I, Marlins finished with the exact same record as the Arizona Diamondbacks last year. Crazy made the playoffs, eighty four wins. Obviously, they didn't have the postseason run. Do we all believe in the Diamondbacks so much more because they got hot in October? Well, and they've improved or, though. They have improved, obviously, but like last season, they were the exact same team. Yep. They were essentially the surprise on each coast that won 84 games and snuck into the playoffs as a wild-card team. And the Diamondbacks went on this run and, because of it, decided to invest more money, players, you know, let's go for it. You know, we got postseason money, the great run. Had the Marlins gotten hot at the same time, and they had been the team that was in the World Series, would we have seen a completely different strategy in the offseason? Who knows? My man David J just DM me goes, Dylan Cruz breaking out as a pitcher would be great because he's an outfielder. That would be impressive. That would be very impressive. Lost my mind. Who am I thinking of? Their prospect pitchers? Or are Who's you there? thinking of... I, who would I, Who was I thinking of? I said Skeens. I know he was the number one. And Cruz was two. He's an outfielder, not a pitcher. That's my fault. <laughs> Sorry, David. Trying to see if there's any names that I recognize I guess in there. not. I thought they had a stud pitching problem. I've lost my mind this morning. It's fine. Not the first time. Won't be the last. <laughs> I'm glad for David J. Though. Yeah, we don't have to be. I mean, we don't we have to be the best perfect. prognosticators <laughs> in this job. I mean, you should know the positions. But. Fair enough. I didn't correct you. Yeah, so, fair enough. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'll own that one as well. I'll wear this this one. All right, that is the end of the NL East. For uh, we will move on to the NL Central. We're going NL Central or AL East next week. Who do we got? Who do we got? Uh, fire up the. Uh, we got the graphic here with all the teams. So when we uh, well, not next week. Tomorrow we will get to the New York Yankees. So York we'll move Yankees. over to the AL East and we'll go through the five teams in the American League. East. I hope Skip's not listening to, to that. I picked him maybe to finish last. I did pick him to finish fourth. But they've lost. They've lost a tremendous amount of time. I've got them taking a step back, but it's a pretty big gap between fourth and fifth place for With me. The Nats, yeah, and Dylan Cruz, their star pitcher. Well, the one thing that the Marlins have that the Nats don't have 
Skip Schumacher. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. The skip effect is a big one. Big one. Thank you, David, for your correction. <laughs> Idiot. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll reset, get our brains right, try to for the last 90 minutes of the show. Uh, we have more Padres content from yesterday we want to get to. What do we expect A.J. Preller to say? I mean, nothing, obviously, but how will he say his nothing when he speaks in 90 minutes? Uh, you will hear it. Here at 97.3 The Fan, Samuel will have all that content for you. Tune in to Annie and Elston, Gwen and Chris, uh, but we will can do our kind of prognostications of what it's going to sound like. Coming up here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Before we do anything else, I want to offer a huge Bennett Woods congratulations to friend of the program, former Padres pre- and post-game show host, Jenny Kavnar, who will make history this season because she has just been announced as the new play-by-play announcer, the number one play-by-play television announcer on NBC Sports California for... The Oakland slash Las Vegas slash Sacramento slash Salt Lake City A's. Yep. Now, I, I think people are going, why on earth would you go work for that team right now? She's the first female to ever get this job ever. Awesome. This is huge news. This is an absolute can't-miss opportunity. She has done some play-by-play for the Rockies over the last few years, kind of been a fill-in and done some of their, you know, pre- and post-game show hosting on television and occasionally gotten to sit in the big chair and done a great job. But this, this is the first time a woman has ever been the number one, like the Don Orsillo of the Oakland A's this season will be Jenny Kavnar, and that is awesome for her and very cool to see. Honest question. Are you jealous? Yes. <laughs> Envious. Yeah, see? All right. But very happy for her, not in a bitter way. You also would, very happy for Jenny. You would take the A's job. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> That's a, I mean, it, it it's awesome for her. I really like what do I do it. here now, yeah. even though I've always dreamed of doing play-by-play. <laughs> I'm not getting it here with uh, Don and Jesse in the seats that they're in right now. <laughs> no chance. No, re- no really dream of that in San Diego well, at the moment. Well, if you go Tanya Hart. I'd have a chance. I mean, even if you smacked him in the knee, they, can, they still can still do, do their job. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So... I am uh, I am extremely happy for Jenny. That's amazing, an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, I am so. It's like a. I'm so fascinated to watch. I've seen them doing some things um, this year, and and I'm wondering what it's going to look like on opening day in Oakland. And you know, like for her. You just you don't worry about the things that you can't control, right? You just go in and do your job, do it to the best of your ability. You don't worry about the number of fans in the stands and things like that and the direction of the team. You just go in and, and do your job and, and do play-by-play, and she's really good at it. So I'm really happy for her as well. So I got a text from Paul last night, and it was a clip from a Padres preview on MLB Network. Oh, and yeah. Paul's little one. caption says, you can hear... The disdain in his voice. Tell who me is, I'm wrong. Who Tell is it? Wrong. And what did they say about the San Diego Padres? We'll get to that after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
So if you remember from the 2022 wildcard series postseason, Game 3, when Joe Musgrove shut down the New York Mets and pitched the Padres into the division series, uh, had a bit of an incident in that game in which uh, Buck Showalter had the umpires checking Joe for foreign substances. A lot was said about his shiny ears. And uh, even though umpires didn't find anything wrong in that game multiple times, uh, at least one member of the media, MLB Network, took a pretty accusatory stance toward Joe. And dug uh, in. Pretty and much, dug in uh, again. Pretty much tried and convicted him in the court of his public opinion. They and, had the roundtable going later on. He goes, so you 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 think that Joe Musgrove cheated? You think the yeah, Padres were yeah, cheating? And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah I do. And uh, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but we're also entitled to think that person is wrong. I'm surprised he dug in so much, uh, considering, I don't know, if he had something against the Padres or not. He's also a Mets fan. Since then, uh, Brian Kenny of MLB Network. Uh, you kind of watch him with a little closer eye if you're a Padres fan. And uh, Yesterday, MLB Network posted a clip. Uh, they were going through, obviously, their previews of different teams right now as they get ready for spring training with the Padres reporting. Um, Brian Kenny had some thoughts. Now, Paul, you think this was a bit uh, biased or anti-Padres in its sentiment? Well, let's listen in okay. and you tell me. Padres, one of the most confounding teams of all time. I've written about them a ton on True. MLB Now. Let's talk about this year's Padres. What's left, and can they still be a playoff team? Let's do a little digging in. The Padres' bid for being a super team certainly fell flat, but they have the remnants of a possible playoff team still. They've gone from a $249 million payroll to about $160 million as it stands now. That's going from number three in payroll to number 13. But you should still be able to win at that level of spending. And their Pocota projection, baseball prospectus, has them at 79 wins. That's almost 500, not that far from a playoff spot. Here's a big part of the problem. We were just talking about this here. Anthony brought it up. It's not just Blake Snell and Josh Hader gone. It's Snell, Hader, and Seth Lugo, and Michael Waka, and Nick Martinez. That's 627 innings of a 2.88 ERA gone. Yes, the rest of the pitching staff had an ERA of 4.39. The unheralded pitchers had very good seasons last year, most of them, except for Blake Snell, hidden in obscurity. So here's a theme. It's up to the remaining stars to perform at a high level. Joe Musgrove having a 3.05 ERA last year. That's good. But he got hurt, and he threw just 97 innings. You Darvish pitched just 136 innings, had an ERA over 4.5. That's below league average. And Michael King, picked up in the Juan Soto trade, joins the rotation this year. King had a 2.75 ERA for the Yankees last year, but he was primarily a reliever. Started only 10 games. To expect a full year of starting excellence? That's expecting a lot. So that's three pitchers that the Padres will need to pitch well. All three pitch well and pitch a lot of innings. Now, I may have mentioned a Juan Soto trade. You probably knew about that. But the Padres lose Soto from what was already a top-heavy team. That is now much more top-heavy. Take a look at the Padres' depth chart sometime. They will likely have below-league average hitting at left field, center field, first base, catcher, and DH. That's five of the nine spots in the lineup below league average. And yet, that means the superstars must hit. Not just field, not just be good all overall. They need to hit like superstars. Think about this. The big three, Machado, Tatis, Bogarts, will be making more than $90 million in salary in four years. Four years, 90 million. Four years. Like, we're looking at 2028 already? Like that? Yes. That's going to happen in four years, Brian. 
It's not happening now. Right? I'm not um Look what the what are the Dodgers going to be spending in 10 years, Brian? I mean, is this what we're doing? Like who cares? This the it just didn't make any sense to me. I, I would say, though, that the bulk of what he said... I, it's probably I true, I but can't really object to anything listen, that, listen to the gr- that he said. Listen to the gratuitous. More than a lot of full teams for three guys. That's down the road, but they make a lot now, too. Manny Machado hurt most of the year. He's a gamer, excellent fielder. His hitting numbers the lowest in four years. Tatis made a tremendous transition in right field. He was a great fielder, but his hitting was nowhere near the levels of what he did in his first three years with the Padres before he failed a drug test. <laughs> and Zendabogo did hit. He had a 120 weighted runs created plus. Very good for a shortstop. Played 155 games. But that was his lowest weighted runs created plus in six years. His production was good. I want to be fair. But they're going to need better. Here are their numbers. And I realize all this. Besides Hassan Kim, what a great year. Besides Kim, they might be the only above league average hitters on this team. These three and Hassan Kim. So the weighted runs created plus for Machado and Tatis. You see it right there. 114, 113, that's not going to do it. It's got to be in the 150 range, MVP level, not in the teens. They've both done that before. You can hope for a bit better from Bogarts. 120 is not bad, so it's an oversimplification. I get it. But the stars need to hit like stars for the new look, trimmed down, cheaper Padres to have a shot. And- mm, yeah, I mean, he's not, you know, the, me five years ago, kicking the chair across the room right. but he's not wrong really at, at the end of the day you can you can he definitely has a little bit of a, a thing i thought uh, he took a shot at tatis yeah of course i, I mean and that's you know that's that people are going to do that and he just sounded i mean for some somebody who's supposed to be an impartial league network host he seemed way too happy to talk about the failures of last season yet he acknowledged them still as a potential playoff team which is not yeah. something you've gotten from Every corner of little, predictions in Major League Baseball little this camp, year. A little campy disrespect in there as well, I, th- I think. I mean, I think Campisano has the ability to be a better than league average hitter. But, hey, listen, I, I, look, if I'm the Padres, none of this crap gets to me. You were supposed to win the World Series last year. You didn't. And you're going to get this stuff uh, until you out- overperform and outperform um, what your expectations are. They did not do that last year. It's It's why I'm – Less apt to beat my chest, and and because I, I think I'm feeling much of the same way, but without taking gratuitous shots and at, at Tatis for something you know three years ago, four years ago, whatever. Um, I if he's a Met fan, I mean I don't know of a team that had bigger expectations last year than than the Mets, and and they're paying 180 million dollars or something in luxury tax alone. Like every team ha- is going to go through its ups and downs and make their mistakes. But if I'm the Padres. You know, I hear this stuff and go, "All right, yeah, we got we got a lot of people to prove wrong." I, and I think we're I think we're in that camp too. Yeah, I mean, well, I expect all three, uh, the big three of Bogarts, Tatis, and Machado, to put up better numbers this year than they did last year. Yes, uh, a second season in San Diego, a little more healthy, hopefully for Xander. We know Tatis should be, you know, just on the upswing based on everything we've heard, and the health for Machado should be big as well post surgery. I think it's unreasonable to to ask them all to be you know, top 10 MVP guys, that would be incredible. And they have the potential to be, but to have them all, everything go right, everything kind of has to go right to have an MVP type season, to have them all, you know, not stumble at all, have a bad month or two, that's a little much to ask. So to compensate for that, the Padres are going to have to be a little bit better in some of those other positions that, that Brian Kenny talked about. Campusano, I think it's fair. You can, you can certainly see him as being a, 
at least a league average, if not above average, off catcher this season. Jay Cronenworth needs to bounce back. He doesn't have to be doesn't have to be the best, most productive first baseman, but he can't hit you know two ten with very little power. He's going to have to have a bounce back season, and then you're going to have to get numbers, whether it's at the beginning of the season or not. Overall, you're going to have to have some of these prospects come up in Merrill and Marcy. And give you some numbers at some point. Doesn't have to be rookie of the year. Doesn't have to be all-star. You're not replacing all-stars. Trent Grisham did not have a good year last year that you're trying to replace. So you don't have to put up 300 average and, you know, 850 OPS to, to improve in some of those areas. But you're going to need, you're going to need some surprising production somewhere. Guess what? Every team gets surprising production from somewhere over the course of the season. Will it be enough for the Padres? We'll find out. When you combine it all together, there's certainly the possibility that it will be. That's the funny thing about last year. We didn't really get surprising production uh, from anyone Kim. on the offense. Uh, Kim, Kim. But he, he's been on the ascent. Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez coming in and, and doing what he did. But, you know, as far as your everyday regular guys, uh, other than Hassan Kim, as you make the, the point, other than that, you got below what you expected. Uh, around the, around the, the, the diamond. And so... Knowing baseball, I would say Soto was good. Yeah, I mean Soto was, but it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't surprising. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Nobody lit the world on fire. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, even Soto, was kind of below where he had been in his career. Everybody, really, except for Hassan Kim. So you got to expect some of that's going to turn around. I mean, something's go, something's got to give. I, I can't imagine. I know, you have, said that all year last year. I can't imagine. Yeah. But, New manager, new vibe, new everything. Some of that's got to change. It just has to. It's the law of averages. It's the law of baseball that nothing makes sense on paper. And uh, again, we're used to winning the offseason here. I don't disagree with you. It's just we said regression to the mean a million times last year. Sure, but that's a that's that a different team with a different skipper in a different time. Um, and this is a you know this is a new season, new skipper. There's going to be some new personnel, and uh, you know you can't. Making prognostications at the beginning of the season is just dumb. We've learned that so many times. It's so hard to pick a winner. Anybody have the Rangers, Diamondbacks in the World Series? Anybody in the on the planet? Nope. Nope. Brian Kenny, all these experts, anybody. Anybody have the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series last year? <laughs> Couple minutes here before the top of the hour. What's the headline that comes out of AJ speaking to the media? Even if he says nothing, which I would expect him to say almost nothing, there will be a headline that comes out of it because... You know, Kevin Acey has to write something. Dennis Lynn has to write something. Sammy's going to post something. So there will be a narrative and a headline that comes out of it. I'm guessing the focus is going to be on how much are you going to rely on the prospects. And AJ won't really say. He's going to once again talk about how, yeah, we're going to take a look at everybody during camp here. This is a great opportunity for some of our young guys. But he's not going to paint himself into a corner and say, we need Jackson Merrill to step up and be ready to go at the start of the season. We're going to need Jacob Marcy to be ready soon, early in the year. He's not going to say any of that. He's not going to commit and say, no, Jerkson Profar is going to be our everyday outfielder. He's not going to say that either. He won't commit to anything, but someone's going to have to write and say something about his news conference later this morning. What do you think it's going to be? It's a great question, man. I, I think um, I think that is going to be you know the first thing that they ask him about is, all right, well, I mean, do you, the other thing is, do you, do you still have money to spend, and are you actively looking to spend it? He, you won't, know? he won't say he won't that say. either. He so, said, yeah, we're always looking to improve the Always looking to improve the buckle. But he said last week, you know, yeah, I mean, if we match up on a deal, well, I mean, 
You got you got to match up on something at some point because Matt Batten's your DH as of today. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to have to match up on something uh, in the, in the foreseeable future in the next few days, I would imagine. So I do wonder if there are any trades cooking or anything like that. Obviously, he's not. I'm sure about there that. are. He's not lying when he says he is constantly looking to improve the ball. Pl- I I trust that of AJ. He is constantly looking for ways to improve the ball club. I don't know that there's. A lot of realistic ways well, to do that at the moment. I but. think what's weird for us and what's weird for Padre fans right now is, ev- like, remember him adding last year? You're like, why did we just go get Ruggie Odor? We didn't even need him. And it was just like, boom, boom, this guy, this guy, this guy. He was, and you just, you, it leads to speculation that, you know, the purse strings are much, much tighter. It's no speculation. That's true. That's true. That's true. They're, they're, much, they're tighter. much tighter. He can't be quite as... Free-flowing with adding players. He's got to be more selective this year. He was spending like me last year. Now he's spending like Ben. Here's the thing to remember about spring training. A trade that's not available today might be available tomorrow. Correct. Because a team maybe, hey, we don't really match up. And all of a sudden they get an injury. And all of a sudden that Padre that they was being offered last week that you didn't want all of a sudden looks kind of attractive. And now there's a match to be made. Or someone plays, a young guy plays really well in spring training. And we don't have roster spot. We're going to have to... We're going to have to drop someone off our roster. Let's trade him to the Padres. They need an outfielder. We can probably give him up pretty cheap because we were going to waive him anyway at this point. Trades become available during spring training based on how players perform, what injuries happen. So sometimes you do have to be patient and let let all the moves play out before you make your final decisions. There will be a roster. There will be a, some sort of move that A.J. makes during spring, probably at the end of spring. Might be big, might be small, but he's not done with his team yet. Yeah, it's, it, it can't look this way for opening day. But All he right. won't tell us what it is Correct. today. He won't give us a hard payroll number. He won't give us any tangible projections about his team in 2024. That's how it works. Uh, for the tangible projections, we look to Paul Rindel, the Rindel Report. Headlines coming up next. Final hour of Bennett Woods on the way on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 